0: I speak to you in the name of the one holy and living God, amen. Please be seated. So I have a photograph in my office. Actually, I've placed it there under the Columba window. Uh, It's a picture of us. It's St. Columba's in an earlier day. June 9, 1926, to be precise. And as church people of that era, we are somber. Ladies with dresses, gents in coats and tie, children, acolytes, priests. We're outdoors. The brass processional cross is bright with shining sun. The stars and stripes held aloft just beyond a wooden hoist in the foreground. Despite our solemn faces, we are gathered for a great occasion. It's Columba Day, and we're setting in place the chief cornerstone of this church. Everyone in the photograph is white-skinned, Caucasian, except for the two black men prominent in the center the two who labor, stonemasons at the hoist. This year, we celebrate our 150th anniversary, and in so doing, we take stock. We recall our first days in 1874 when we gathered under an oak tree on a hillside in this yet-to-be-developed part of the city. And foundational as it was and is, the laying of the cornerstone is not in fact our beginning. It is a crucial step along the way. And the photograph shows one of many steps, a picture of us along the way. It both reveals and conceals. Our readings today give a vision of where we're headed, of every nation, tribe, and language gathered before the throne where God will wipe away every tear. Coupled with a poignant moment along the way as Jesus and his disciples set their hearts toward Jerusalem, toward passion, resurrection, death, and new life. And Jesus has just affirmed Peter for proclaiming him as Messiah, and then rebuked him for wanting to avoid the hard road ahead. Jesus' disciples then, as now, are a rickety lot. We try, we soar to great heights of courageous love, and then we plummet into selfish hypocrisy and greed. Jesus gives the hard, mysterious teaching to take up our cross, to lose our life, that we may receive our life. And who knows what Jesus really meant when he said that we're to take up our cross, but if it means to live as Jesus did, oriented toward liberation and love, then it includes facing into the truth, naming what binds and what liberates, and doing so with deep love. In Lent, it means following Jesus into the wilderness, where stripped of all else, we find ourselves with Satan, the wild beasts who menace, and the angels who minister, facing and embracing the shadows within. To use language of Quan and Thompson as the church. We're invited to cultivate a spirituality of vulnerability, to nurture a way of living with ourselves, with God, and with others, where our deepest wounds are not concealed by, but centered in the life of our faith. Now, almost four years ago, St. Columbus committed itself to becoming an anti-racist church. And when the vestry articulated this commitment, we acknowledged our differing experiences, perspectives, and expectations. And we wrote, this is a journey that we hope all of us will take together. We're committed to doing this together. Along the way, The Anti-Racism Task Force has articulated steps we believe to be key in moving toward God's beloved community. To begin with truth and truth-telling, move to acknowledgement and lament, to repent, to reconcile, to repair. So to name the truths of our past, to live in the present with hope for our future. We all know some history about racism in this country. Thanks to the work of parishioner Sandra Mills, we know a bit more about racism here, events that preceded and followed that Columba Day in 1926. And pertinent for our prayers today, I want to name a couple of things. First, that the land given for this church was part of a farm that was worked by enslaved labor, right here. And it was donated by Mr. Murdoch, Murdoch Mill Road, an enslaver. This sanctuary in which we sit was funded in part by the inheritance of the daughter of that enslaver, Mr. Murdoch. Earlier, following the Civil War. A community of recently emancipated black families built a neighborhood, homes, churches, shops, known as Fort Reno, near the present-day Deal Middle School. St. George's Episcopal Church was formed as a black mission of St. Columba and of our parent parish, St. Albans. As white gentrification stretched north up Connecticut Avenue in the early 1900s, the entire Fort Reno community was displaced. Our own records reveal that St. Columba's appropriated for ourselves much of the eminent domain proceeds that were owed to our black mission church said more plainly, we stole what was due to St. George's. The demographics of this neighborhood today, so much of what we enjoy is the product in part of the congregation's complacency regarding government policies that displaced BRAC residents of the Tenleytown and Chevy Chase neighborhoods in the 20s and 30s. Complacency regarding prevailing racial norms has perpetuated attitudes and practices in our church and civic life that have and do foster racial discrimination. And this is true today. There are relentless instances of condescension directed at St. Columba's black and brown parishioners, staff, clergy, and visitors. Thoughtless, perhaps pernicious. I hear stories near weekly. What do we do with the truth of our past, the truth of our present? How does knowledge of the past create moral urgency for us to live and act differently in the present? Along the way, the anti-racism task force and I believe it is important to stop here today to lament. Now, To lament is to grieve, to express sorrow, to give voice to the pain, the pain in our souls, in our hearts, our communities. Lamentation is a distinct biblical genre. Many of our psalms are laments. Most of them include four elements. I'll illustrate from Psalm 13. The first of those four is to turn to address God. How long, O oh Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Lamentation erupts from the wounds and grief within us. In pain, we choose to turn and talk to God. Two, bring your complaint how long must we perpetuate racial oppression, God? How long must we continue divided, torn apart, blind to the beauty and tenderness of one another? Three, ask boldly for help. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed. O God, we have made such a mess of things. Help us, create new hearts within us. Lament invites us to dare to hope in God's promises as we ask for God's help. And fourth, choose to trust. This is the destination for our laments. All roads lead here but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because God has dealt bountifully with me." Why lament? Why not repent, reconcile, repair, take action? In good time, these two shall we do along the way. I know we prefer to act. Today, we lament in the face of pains and wrongs, too grievous for us to fix. In lament, we strip ourselves bare in the wilderness to put ourselves in God's hands, God's care. In the end, lament is always, always a form of praise. For as we lament, we affirm our trust in God. So I'll lead us in a moment through a litany of lamentation, but I ask what lies heavy on your heart? What hard, sad, broken experience that if or when you allow it to be present in your heart or mind feels too much to bear? Some hurt that you inflicted or witnessed experienced. And truth is hard. We act not for ourselves alone. We act toward the future. We act for neighbors and the ways our lives may be light. Fifty years from today, what photograph will future Columbans have to look at? One other thing. Within the penitential order in Lent, we begin as we did this morning with confession and absolution. To be clear, we do not confess our sins in order to receive God's mercy. Not today, not ever. Rather, it is through God's mercy we are already blessed. Through God's mercy that we receive grace, receive humility and courage to turn to confess the truth within us. We are first and always in God's love here now. Finally, after we pray, as you leave today, you may wish to visit that cornerstone. It's right about here, visible from 42nd Street. It says St. Columba Church, a child of St. Albans Parish, 1926. Say a prayer, lament, grieve, Hope, return our hearts to God. Amen.